Confucius once said, Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. And this is Secret Society of Veterans. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Thank you, you listeners, for joining in on another episode of Secret Society of Veterans. Today, we have our co-host, Teresa Alcazar. As you guys know her from the last couple of episodes, I I believe episode three or episode four, where we had a conversation. Um, And this is episode five, guys. How are you doing, T? I'm doing good, Gaze. How are you doing? I'm glad that you're down on episode five. Wow. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. I'm just like, I'm just learning and I am enjoying myself doing these uh, podcasts. So what's going on? How's everything with uh, your community uh, advocacy and stuff like that that you're doing? Well, um, I haven't really, I really haven't been very active this month um, as I'm delegating my own personal issues. But I I am going to be getting peer support. A VSO certified here in California, as you know, as that's hard to come by, that starts next month. So, I mean, I'm still in that, in that, in that mindset of, of advocacy. But you know, again, like I said, advocacy really comes from a place of advocating for yourself. You know, Correct. initially. Nice. So. Did you? Uh, so last night there was the uh, NFL Super Bowl. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. I, I kept up with the score. I do know that the Rams lost. Yeah, yeah. but I did not watch it. I mean, I was hoping for the Rams to win only because they did phenomenal. Only because they did phenomenal this year on how they transformed and became a better team. Um, but they were going against the Patriots, who have been, you know, hitting Super Bowl the last three years. Yeah. So that was kind of like a hard one to just, to you know. But I'm an L.A., California girl, Cali girl, even though I like to say that I, I spread my love worldwide because I'm a veteran that traveled the world. But, exactly. you know, hey, you know, the Rams lost. But, you know, good for me. Hey, they still made the Super Bowl, so I'm proud of them. Yeah. Um, um, i like to encourage to call in, you know, call in and uh, ask us questions and interact, interact with the show so at least we can... Uh, Give them some insights, some guidance, and things like that. So, uh, you know, they they if they have some issues or stuff like that that they trying to accomplish, they can uh, give us a call. And it can be about anything. They can call and ask you questions about stuff that you're doing. If that's right. Right. I agree. I think that this is a beautiful asset to the community of um, the veterans or any other kind of. Um, community you know whatever subject will matter um i think that this would be beneficial to us as veterans because it will help hear each other out we're not alone we will hear each other as we will say hey you know what i went through that too you know and then you get to come on the on the podcast and allow yourself to process and let some of the other veterans be of service that way that to me is advocacy work i think this podcast is advocacy work the individual calling is advocacy work as we're becoming more self-aware of how common the issues that we come across are spread out through that veteran community. They're so similar. 
Right, right. I mean, we all we all we all struggle in life or have uh, have accomplishments in life that we want to put out there and let people know and uh, ask for some advice. It's not it's not a weakness if you ask for advice from a fellow colleague, a fellow friend, a family member, and things like that. And uh, we're putting this podcast out there so we can at least help out the community and help out our fellow veterans that might have some questions or have some uh, concerns and things like that, no matter what, what facet of life it may be. Um, I want to ask a simple question for our listeners or our audience that maybe they might have uh, um, some insight on. Maybe they can call in and give us some insight. Uh, a lot of us come out with disabilities and things like that. How hard has it been for them to get their compensation and pension or get a rating? I would like to hear from the from the uh, audience or the listeners out there uh, some things of how hard has it been and what they had to what struggles they they had to come and accomplish and if they've gotten ratings and how quickly and how slowly they their ratings have come through. So that's a question for, you know, for maybe our future podcasts and things like that. So, uh, anything new, anything, uh, anything new that we want to put out there for, for our audience, anything, any questions, anything that we want to talk about, because this is going to be a, this is going to be a podcast of just conversation. You know, we're going to converse about what we, uh, well, let me add, like. go ahead. Well, let me add to that, Giz. You know, I would love definitely like to help you out on that. On that statement, I think that this podcast is a conversation of experiences that will provide you with hope, that will provide you with understanding, that will make you feel like you're not alone, that you will find some some kind of self-awareness or some answers to, that will help you delegate through your, you know, your your question, your concerns, or your your personal experience that you're struggling with now, you know, as it will do the same for us. Because we're, right. we're here of service and self-discovery, and we are definitely in the pursuit to happiness, and we're trying to encourage those to do the same. Right, and I like to encourage any of our fellow vets that have served with us that might be listening. Uh, you know, we have a bunch of guys uh, and women out there that have served with us in, uh, on the USS Carl Vincent. That you know, if they want to be part of this show, uh, they download the app, and um, we can get calls into them and we can just have a conversation with them and see how you know maybe what they're doing in the community and what they've done after service or if they're still in service things like that you know i started the show earlier um and it was a quote from confucius it said our greatest glory is not in never falling but in rising every time we do fall what do you think about that quote t I mean, I actually love it. It actually reminds me of another quote that I truly find myself, oh my gosh, almost always re-quoting. I mean, I'd rather die fighting than rather on my knees. I'd rather die fighting or something. It has something of that um, structure. I'd rather die um, fighting rather than on my knees. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what quote I'm talking about? I, I believe I've heard it before, yes. So it almost reminds me of that military sort of concept because, you know, we're gonna, we're fighters, we're gonna gain control. I mean, I think that's probably the most common, um, 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 common quote of life, of like where you could describe the main, the main objective in someone's um, 
or principles of someone's life, everyday life as a veteran or of someone of right. or, or someone who is a first response, like, you know, like ER trauma or a police officer or, you know, the firefighters, you know, whoever has a, like those first respond, um, um, rescue kind of, um, job performances, you know, those, those of service. I think right. that's where, right. I mean, for some reason that kind of quote always seems to be circulating always because we're strong. We're going to defy the odds. We're going to be the rescuer. We're going to come and protect. I'm going to save a life. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to be the hero or I'm going to serve my country and I'm going to fight other countries, you know, to protect ours. You know, right. um, I think, I think it's just something in a subculture of, you know, of, um, a personality and, and, um, a, a sub, you know, I, I don't know how to, if it's I'm saying that, help me out here. It's something- it's something we do. It's something we do every day, subconsciously, unconsciously, however you want to, uh, however you want to put it. I mean, we 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 fight every day to feed our families, to you know, to to get up even to to wake up in the morning and things like that. We fight every day. So yeah, that, that quote, you know, being that it, it, it's about fighting and and uh, and it doesn't mean about physically fighting mm-hmm. all the time because we do physically fight also because of uh, our ailments and things like that you know we come out of the service i mean we go in, we don't go in perfect into the service but we go into the service with you know most of us go going without all our limbs and things like that and our mental stability and then we come out you know different than when we went in and i think we were having a conversation earlier about how how much of an impact going to boot camp and things like that has put on on our, our fellow uh, soldiers and, and sailors and things like that and Marines and everything, uh, being that we come off of, you know, I don't want to say the streets, but come from a home life. And then all of a sudden we come into uh, a world of being told and being, uh, I don't want to say belittled because they say they break you down to build you back up. But, uh, you know, basically being told that you're you're nothing and uh, with fighting for our self-dignity while we're in boot camp to be able to accomplish the mission of graduating boot camp to be able to go on to the next mission. So, yeah, you know, and we never and we never, uh, you know, we never bow down, I guess you could say we never we never get down on our knees and say, OK, we submit to it. We do submit because we know we're fighting for the greater cause. But at the end of the day, you know, we are fighters. We are, uh, we struggle and we, we fight for the right of the next man and the next woman. Right, yeah. right. You know, I, I, I kind of want to um, um, say something in reference to that as well. I mean, I realized that um, we were, as we were talking about the superiority complex, you know what I mean? Um, as what we believe that we might, uh, boot camp might have transcended, you know, it's that core, like not the core beliefs, not the honor, courage, commitment, or maybe are, are those core beliefs, some sort of the, the honor, the courage, the commitment kind of makes that superiority complex. I mean, they do call us that we have to live a life of, um, even after boot camp as role model citizens. So do we start ad- adapting or adopting that um, superiority complex based on just these words and yet the breakdown of our own personal um, belief system, because in a sense, like like as I as a parent, I have children that have played football. The first thing I recognized was how they condition themselves, how the school conditions them. You know what I mean? It reminded me of boot camp. You know, they will let you believe. As I see my own children, as you know, as I get to look outside a box, 
see how I how that looked for me in boot camp through that through the experience of watching my sons do it as I was I became a team mom that they will break the belief system of these young men that believe they couldn't do it this is not what they could do this is not what they want anymore because they, they feel like they can't you know that they are not strong enough or whatever and then when they make it when they do do it and, and even if it's the smallest little thing it gives them some kind of super human ability i swear it's like that new that new movie that just came out glass you know what i mean we're all superheroes because it will break the mold of one's mindset of what you believe you can be or do so our rebellious nature somehow as we rebel against the injustice that we might even find ourselves facing as active duty members being heroes protecting whatever or maybe even outside of the military it kind of it kind of it it, it kind of makes us still the rebel but yet but yet that i believe i could change anything cuz i did it we touched it we did it in boot camp we've touched these acclimates of not everybody went to war not everybody felt that first you know that first um um the sirens that would go off or the alarms that would go off and say you know hey now it's code red we are now off to war no one's i mean that even that experience alone is almost scary i mean you know what i mean i mean i think they broke us out of the mode of fear i think um um fear is one of those things uh, one of those uh, feelings or emotions that you you have to be broken out of to be become that superhuman fear is something that's used against you in every aspect of life or aspect of life you know uh even with these you know these uh but it also controls us so explain that part because i feel like fear yeah. controls us too so how does that how does that work fear, fear controls us only if we let it we let it control us um the reason being is because you know we are always told no 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 don't do that don't do this don't touch that that's fire you'll burn it'll burn it hurts things like that so being that we're always told those things uh you know we build up this fear for stuff don't steal you'll go to jail don't touch that fire you'll burn your hand oh don't don't get with that girl because or that guy because of uh this because of disease pregnancy whatever it may be so it puts a fear in our heart and the only only way that we could overcome that fear is you know within ourselves and i think that being in the service it broke us out of having that fear um because we're in a group we are there for each other we have some superiors above us telling us that we're not worth anything we're not shit we're not this we're not that excuse my language but you know we're all adults on this on this podcast um and we fear what's coming next in the morning they're throwing bunks around and this and that we used to call it hurricanes and tornadoes and things like that and we're fearing that oh if we don't do this we're going to do 2000 pushups uh mm. 30000 jumping jacks mm. but we break out of the mold because we condition ourselves to say you know what whatever comes i'm going to take it and i'm going to do it to the best of my ability so that's when we start learning about our, our abilities just like that movie glass like you said it's about it you know learning your abilities and knowing that you're super, you know we're all superheroes in some shape way of form right so we start putting fear in the back in the back of our heads in the back of our mind 
don't get me wrong, we still have fear there playing with us uh-huh. and messing with us, but we overlook it because we know what we can do. We have been pushed to the limit and that limit is what we can accomplish. And we know we can accomplish anything amongst, you know, amongst ourselves and with ourselves mm. and we can beat fear, you, you know. You know, you know what I realized and I learned which recently as I'm in this process of healing as um, I don't know if everybody is aware, but I've been on TV. I advocate for not only the female veterans and the male veteran population and the moms and the children that haven't served, but yet married into it. And you know what, as it re- reached out to other demographics of society, you know, but um, where I'm trying to get at is that we will, be- what I realized is that I was held captive by fear, but misrepresented by believing that I was fearless. Because, okay. because when I was going to therapy, I felt like I had everything under control. For a long time after I got out of the military, I like, I remember, I mean, if anybody's heard um, podcast three, as I, um, as I was sharing, that I thought I had the 17 year old superhero syndrome kind of concept. That's how what my PTSD looked like. It was, anything was possible. I've done more than one job. I was a mom, I did real estate, I did nursing school. I was working at Glendale Memorial as their staffing coordinator or I was at Pomerado Hospital as their corporate health rep. Um, I, I, I had my kid in piano. I just was, even was pregnant. I worked, you know, I was doing a lot and I wasn't tired. And as a mom and my ex-husband being of active duty, you know, and I was going to school full time. I mean, it was crazy how I fit in so much things during, if I said, I look back and I wasn't tired or I wasn't exhausted because let me try to do any half of the shit that I did back then. Uh, and I, I'm gonna re-quote re- what Giz says, we are all, all adults here and this is military individuals. And I do apologize if you guys don't like, you know, the curse words that we might use as we will speak spontaneously. But let's face it, we all got sailor mouths. I have a sailor's mouth, we all exactly. Got a sailor with that, and with that, we're gonna go to a commercial and we'll be right back. What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Now you get it. What was it? What did you get? Uh, I was trying to figure out a couple of things here and uh, and there. So, so we left off with fear earlier, and uh, right. I think I think I think uh, I'm starting to fear how many people are going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> 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 I hope they all download it. I think we need to become like freaking. Um, what, um, let's take. Uh, take what did that Austin Powers dude say? Let's take take over the world or for a million dollars. But oh yeah, Austin Powers. I remember yeah. That. Well, let's Great. just try to take over the world. Try to make everybody download this podcast. <laughs> so, so how's the uh, your boy? Are uh, you are you um? pushing your boys to go to the military or are you pushing your boys to go to college and i know you say you have some teenage boys so yeah you know what that's a, that's a, yeah, an awesome awesome question that i know a lot of veterans and i'm pretty sure all veterans you know probably have you know are dealing with um um i have two boys and do, and do i want them to join the military 
yeah, I mean, there's a yes and no. I mean, as I have had good and bad experiences through the military, because as a woman, that the IRA that I joined in, we were not, um, we were still delegating some um, 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 women's rights issues kind of thing, or maybe we still had to delegate what other role of what a male is and a female is that we weren't really accepted in a male-dominated in that industry, you know. So um, anyway. I do want them to join, and I don't. That's just, I mean, that's just such a hard question. I mean, do, what would you do? I mean, you have kids. I, I have a yes and a no to it, but I ultimately our child decides. Is what I, 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 I personally believe that uh, structure is a big yes for for our children to join. Um, I believe everybody in this country and the United States of America should do two years of military time if they're going to live on this soil. Interesting. So you believe that, our, that the children should be drafted almost I don't believe, much? I don't believe that they should be drafted. I believe that if they're not in college mm-hmm. or, or at a job where they are becoming breadwinners for the household, um, I believe they should be doing, I believe they should do two years of military time. I believe, that having, I believe that having kids that are 14, 15 years old, um, as we saw in the news, probably, I don't know how long ago, where the kid got stabbed and macheted up and died, um, being out on the streets isn't a good, isn't a good look for these kids. So being that, if they're not in school, working to bring bring home you know bring home some money for the household i believe they should be sent to uh to to some sort of military um aspect and do two years of that and if they Mm -hmm. they like it they they can stay for as uh they 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 can deal with it but but leaving kids out in the street and to to hang out and play dominoes or play cards or just be out in the street alone without having a job without uh without having any any kind of structure because mom and dad work two jobs to put bread on the, on the table these kids should be in 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 military for two years if they're going to live on our streets um it's just my opinion i mean I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I agree with it. And you don't even know my background. I mean, you know my background, but not the rest of the public audience yet. But I agree with you. Is that, I mean, coming even from having a, a negative experience, such as, you know, MST. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I feel like, I mean, if they wanted to call it drafted, I'm glad you answered it that way and explained it. But hey, at the end of the day, if you want to call it drafted, because I will call it drafted. And I'm okay with it. I think it's mandated. I shouldn't think it should be mandated. I think it should be mandated too. If we're mandated to go to school and our parents get in trouble for our kids missing so much school, um, I think that should be another aspect of our society that um, should be should be something like school mandatory. If you you got to go to school for the you know from when you're in kindergarten till or preschool till you know you the, die. Uh, 12 12th grade 
I think somewhere in that in those lines, two years of it should be um, military, uh, military time, or right after you know, right after the high school, do two years of military time, and then go into college. Or like maybe maybe do two two years between you have the the option of doing two years between this time frame in your twenties, eighteen to twenty five perhaps, or eighteen, yeah, you know, somewhere in your lifetime before the cutoff age, they right. have two years of of military military, and uh, I don't care whether or not. And honestly, I even think doctors and lawyers and all every profession. I think every human being should join the military because don't you? I mean. I, I, I don't even care if they go to college. You should join the military, because I've seen, I've seen, how do you call it? Maybe grouping. I mean, I don't want. I hate to stereotype, but there's still a little bit of truth to every lie, every stereotype, every. There's truth to something. I mean, does is, is that too, is that too ignorant to say? I uh, I want to say like this. If 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 you're not in one in a religion. You're not in a religion that doesn't allow you to go to the military. I believe you should go to the military for two years. If you're in college to become a doctor, I think you should be in embedded somewhere in some sort of military so you can learn that aspect of doctoring for our veterans that are coming home and things to that effect. Because Got to think about it. Civilian doctors and military doctors have two different ideas of of uh, of our uh, um, you know of our sick military. You think about it. I was I was reading something on Facebook. It was a funny comic kind of thing. And uh, 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 there's one doctor, civilian doctor that 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 says, um, "Yeah, you're sick. Okay, we're gonna give you all these pills." and all this stuff and we're going to work on you as much as possible and make you waste your money to find out what you're sick from and what's wrong with you as towards the military doctor is like oh you're sick okay here's some Motrin and we know you're going to deal with it <laughs> I think that's a little too extreme guys <laughs> that's that, but yet talking from the person that wants everybody to join and I don't care you know? <laughs> so I think everybody should. I think everybody that is like kids, not kids, uh -huh. but, you know, of age that are out there and have no kind of guidance in life and they want to be out in the streets selling drugs, selling guns, you know, impregnating girls or, or girls going out there and twerking and this and that. I think mm -hmm. they should do two years of military time, come out with mm -hmm. some sort of structure and mm -hmm. they have the option of going to college because we're 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 able to go to college after military i think it's two years that it pays for you get a lot of benefits coming out of the military so being that i think that they should be able to do the two years come out and if they want to go to college they mm. can they come out with an honorable discharge they can mm. get, they can get a decent job and they're still at a young age you know I, i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna seriously state this part why i mean because again I, i'm an mst survivor that was a 9-11 we, we worked together alongside together on 9-11 you know me gives our 9-11 um, combat veterans of as the first responders and i suffer mst now sorry for cutting, sorry for cutting you off yeah. but for a lot of the listeners out there that don't know what mst is can you explain to them what mst stands for and what it is 
Well, you know, m- military sexual trauma, as that descriptive is now a, a, a disability that is PTSD related, as you know, as well. I mean, not combat, but it would be PTSD related in your service. But since I have both, and it, it touched a historical marker, I advocate for that. But mind you, Giz could have it too, and he didn't have to be raped. You know, anybody, mind you, I hope that it's, I hope everybody knows that part. MST is not just rape. MST is also sexual harassment or the like them using you or um, or using their power to maybe sexually tr- um, touch you, force you to go on dates with them, um, to remove power, you know, and them utilizing their status or, you know, to putting something over your head because I met, I've met male um, MST survivors that will tell me that, you know, tell me their story. And mind you, I felt the same exact, I felt their same pain. I, I when they, and, and, and the crazy part is they could have been coerced right? or them being threatened, you know, because as I now hear that the military is making a lot of changes as they're even recognizing the past. And which we've seen even in TV, which is insane. Like this is how much, that, that's how much we've been fighting still. You know what I mean? Even equality. You know what I mean? It's just insane. We see it on TV, we know it. We, they make movies about the bad boy. And then in our era, when we joined first co-ed boot camp, of, you know, that I was a part of, first group of women, like in a sense, we were not the first women women on nuclear warships. We're the first group of women that were actually stationed on and, 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 and lived not just on packs or not, you know, on squadrons, you know, we were living with us alongside you. We had one birthing, what, that fit how many women? One birthing out of how many male counterparts that never went to out to sea with women. That was intense. So no matter what I think or, or, or whatever I believe, I, cause I don't know if it's right or this is what every veteran is experiencing, but I do know as I'm experiencing it now is that we're in a different era. We touched history, kids. We, 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 in <coughs> our era, that one year, that's like, that one, even whether, I don't care any which way you go, we touched a historical monument and we might have experienced something even more harder than most because we were that transition. Right. And that transition means change. And change is an um, effort, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, but now that I just fight, totally flew because I, uh, you know, you want to call that a, a flashback because that totally brought me through a little flashback. I ain't going to play. Like I was, I totally made me lose sight on what I was trying to finish off and discuss or what I was, um, what I, what my, what my message was about to um, display. Did you see, did you just, did you just experience that with me? I just experienced, and I think everybody Is else that weird? That with you. Oh my gosh. I just had a flashback. That's some weird shit. That's wow. Okay. No, it's weird no, that we get to share that even on a and, podcast. And that's, because we're that's, here, that's insane. And we're here to listen to each other and be able to give guidance because, listen, a lot of people out there that are listening aren't just uh, military or veterans. They're also civilians out there and they don't know what MST is. They think it's Mountain Standard Time. But MST is a real big issue in our service, in our services, you know, um, and a lot of it is hidden under the carpet, you know, for for, you know, 
nobody wants to, you know, have repercussions. And nobody no. wants to speak about it. But being You're able talking. to speak mm-hmm. about it, being able to speak about it, it's a trauma. And it needs to be spoken about and it needs to be brought to the forefront. So maybe we can make a difference. Maybe we right. can maybe we can change somebody's mind. Like there are women out there listening to this or you know ex-military that are listening to this and they're probably feeling like you are and they're probably sitting there saying, "You know what? I went through that. Let me call her and find out what she needed to do to be able to get through it." What does right. she do every day? What does she do every right. day to get through it? How does she um cope with with um Ooh, I just got with the chill. Days, with, mm. with her days, you know, how does she cope with her children? How does she cope with with an everyday life? How does she cope with even getting into a relationship with somebody now after a trauma like that? What does she do? So being that, and, and this is not just not women, it's also male. Also men. Mm. Men too can, can right. get into that trauma. Right. And it can and, affect their lives forever. Right. And you know, and and it's okay if you're shaking your head no, and you don't want to believe it, and you have your own. Because at one point, and as I'm a survivor, and I am now discussing it, and I can't talk about it without breaking down all the time, you know, or hyperventilating, you know. Um, I, 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 I said the same thing. You what? know what I mean? Like, you know, I would even, I, I was never the one that I, hey, shit, I didn't even have PTSD. I sure as hell didn't have no depression. I thought I was. My active form of PTSD was that I was invincible because no one was going to take anything from me, right? So right. that's that feeling, regardless, that uh, it, 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 is that feeling that I, everyone will feel that has suffered from PTSD because something was taken from you, right? I mean, it's crazy stuff. I just can't believe I just shared that experience on with you, Giz, and it was recorded. And that's amazing. And that is going to relate to some other public audience. I'm sorry that if I triggered you, because it can happen, but know that you're not alone. Somebody's there, call that 1-800 number, go to your local VA, call a veteran, call your fellow veteran. And if you haven't said anything and, you, and I triggered you, you talk about it. You talk about what made that made you feel that way to a, somebody who might understand. And that it will be, and as, and as it always has been since in my healing so far, as might be my fellow veteran, because they get it. Right. And and I hate to say it because I don't want to be so biased about it. Because I experienced it. So I'm going to be biased about to my own experience. You know? Cuz that's what I do know. My it was my fellow veterans that understand me. Civilians seem seem to not understand it and I hate to feel unequal, an unequality to that. You know? That's for, you got to understand, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of veterans that are out there. And that goes for the PTSD, that goes for our depressions and our anxieties. We are there for each other. And talking about these things and getting it off the, getting it off your chest, getting it out of your mind. Um, and I know we spoke about monkeys in the brain uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Being able to just get that monkey off your shoulders and out of your brain uh, it helps it might not help and solve the problem or solve the issue but every little bit counts every you know, that, bit, every it's so true bit it's so true and i'm so glad that you said it, you said that right now because that reminds me of my one of my first groups 
um, whether or not it was combat PTSD or my one of my MST groups, um, they said there is no quick fix it pill. There is no miracle cure. You know what I mean? It's just something we have to learn to cope with. It just gets easier day by day. You know, as and it's always going to be that roller coaster ride. You're you're going to have moments of uncomfortability and you just don't understand why your body's maybe even reacting the way it's doing or you quivering or you hyperventilating or you feel like your heart is like like racing out of your chest and you can't breathe or you, as if you're having a heart attack and you're scared and it's okay to be scared my fellow veterans because not every day do you have to be a soldier sometimes we are victims because there are unfair things that are out there there's not cool there's there's not always um you can't you can't isolate yourself in this box and believe that the whole world is going to be great and no one's ever going to cause any harm and we're all going to be like sort of robotic we're not there's going to be good and bad that's why we have yin and yang and the, to understand that we cannot or have any control over the world around us that we will experience fucked up shit yes and we and, will in every and, aspect in every aspect and every aspect we know, what we need to do is be able to educate ourselves to be able to get through and cope because we are having children we are here for the next generation and we're still here for the next ger- generation and we're have to come up with some sort of small solutions that will if our child goes through something we're able to say here's what I did here's how I coped here's how I handled that and maybe you can use these tools and be able to handle it maybe better than me but I don't want you to go through what I went through so here's what I did and these are the things that um this is the reason why you know the secret society of veterans podcast is here is to be able to give guidance advice some sort and just wow. to be here for you guys to listen to us and hear our stories hear the next man and woman's story and I, we don't want the sympathy we would like the empathy and the understanding of wow they've been through something that i've been through or they're human just like us we're not just voices over the air or the internet we are human beings just like you i suffer from depression and anxiety uh you know and there's many veterans out there that suffer from depression and anxiety but how i cope and you cope if we put them together we will have a great coping me- mechanism and right. this is what this is a coping mechanism that is able to help and guide and bring awareness and bring awareness mhm and advocacy and hey you know what i'm going to tell you one thing and as again it's only my experience and i'm pretty sure others as well you know cuz not if i know that not everyone's experience is the same but for some reason again the veteran population seems to be the only thing that helps heal even the veteran population you know what i mean as right. as even in current um VA or you know uh, our 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 political government um the you know veteran affairs aspect of of baloney of what we're getting subjected to i feel like it's the veterans that seem to only be helping the veterans and it's weird that as an MST survivor it was a doctor and he was an army veteran who was my 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 psychologist who I, my psychologist at the new directions here and and mind you um um it was it wasn't easy but they taught me like you know new directions who is a, a program 
by the way. A, a wonderful program, I think, as all the programs that are out there, we, as we have them, regardless of the negative stuff that can come from it, because there's always good and bad, remember, folks, is the fact that it's there to be of service. And it's we who do the work anyway. As we, you know, as we will be challenged, well, a male doctor helped me and he was a man and he was my first one who I allowed, I shared vulnerability with, I mean, crazy stuff is that he was my safe place as I would cry, you know, not under, telling him, I felt like a child that said, Hey, I didn't know what I was doing and a, a man and I'm an MST survivor. Right. My, you get what I'm saying? Like it gets better folks. It does get better. It just it, it does get better if you just talk about it. And it doesn't matter. Learn and to know you're not alone. That's why we sh- the podcast is there. I think that's what get, the secret society is trying to do is, hey, you know what? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the raw stuff that we experienced. And let's just be honest. Don't worry about what the public eye is saying because there's no agenda here. There's no agenda to step on anybody to get on top of anybody. What we want to do is share the truth. Our truth, and know that you guys aren't alone. And these are the things that we experience because as we speak to our, our, as now the internet has done amazing things for us current veterans and, and, and those of past eras now that are still alive is that they give us a chance to communicate as not as they did, as they couldn't back then, they couldn't even find each other probably back then. You know what I mean? Now we can heal our military veterans or be more supportive of our veteran groups as we need to really understand what this internet has of service to all of us. And talking talking about support, I, I, you know, I I don't, this is uh, something that I believe that everybody should write down, put down on paper and keep with them. We do have a veterans crisis line, and the number to that is 1-800-273-8255. And if you're a veteran and you're calling that line, press one. There should be somebody on that line to talk you through things, to give you some sort of guidance and help. Um, also, you can do a confidential chat at veteranscrisisline.net, or you can text to 838255. So if you're feeling any which way about anything, call these guys. And there should be somebody there on that line to be able to help you out. And, and not just that. I, I, you know, I'm going to tell you what the California has been implicating in all these veteran organizations that I actually really think should be implicated worldwide, no matter what. Even with, the, I mean, shit, if we could bring it into the school system, let's do it. But anyhow, it's your battle buddy. And if you know, if you still have a phone number, um, we, as we now have Facebook and Messenger and all that, that you could even v- give them a call. Why don't you go ahead and call your battle buddy? Just check on, on them, you know, just text them, see how they're doing. Because right. again, as we know what we should be doing, as even though I am in my journey of discovery and for the pursuit to happiness as, and as I'm present, um, I, 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 I suffer PTSD. And <laughs> We all and we all do, being that we're veterans. Um, uh, T, uh, we're gonna have to close this out. Yeah. Because well, we're at. That was a great talking to you, kids. <laughs> so for the next podcast, um, I would like you guys to call in 
Download the app. It's the Anchor app. Download it. Give us a call. You have Teresa on there, and you have Secret Society of Veterans. My name's Anthony. And you can give us a call, ask any questions. You want to talk, we can talk. We can get online. We can get on here and have a conversation. And basically, uh, be help for the next battle buddy. Be help for the next person. And uh, treat each other like human beings. I thank the audience for uh, joining us. I appreciate every listener, old, new, and future. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Secret Society of Veterans. Uh, and we're here for you. This is for the veterans and for us to be able to love each other, care about each other, hug each other, and cry with each other. We thank you 100%. And all you hard chargers, like Captain Crocker said on our uh, on our ship, USS Carl Vincent, keep on pushing. Thank you, T. You're welcome. Goodbye. I love you all. These are all beautiful. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Secret Society of Veterans. I thank all the listeners. I thank all the help that I get from the callers and the ones that I um, interview. I thank you all. Please. Keep your life safe. Keep the next man and woman's life safe. Let's make this world peaceful. And let's, like Ellen DeGeneres says, let's love one another. Let's give each other hugs. Thank you again for joining us at Secret Society of Veterans. Till the next one.